Welcome, everybody, to another episode of All Things Considered Franchising, powered by Scott Miles, FranchiseCoach.com. All Things Considered Franchising is a podcast devoted to the franchising space, talking and speaking with people within the franchise industry, CEOs, franchisees, also people who are interested in entrepreneurship um, and, you know, really kind of getting into business. Scott Milas, FranchiseCoach.com is an organization, consulting organization devoted to helping people research and explore business ownership, building that roadmap, helping in the journey, answering questions, research, education on franchising. The services that we provide are absolutely at no cost to our clients. We represent over 500 brands. Today's guest, I got to tell you, it's, it's a great story. Um, and if you haven't heard about this brand, I think you've probably been sleeping way too much. You need to get out a little bit more. And this brand is really taking off. It's got a great story. And the interesting story, at least the first part about our guests, is, is that they started out in the organization in the marketing department and is now chief executive officer, CEO. You talk about climbing the corporate ladder. Uh, please welcome Betsy Ham to the show. Betsy, welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's great. You know, um, you and I got a chance to chat for a few minutes uh, after your presentation over at the uh, IFA in Vegas, uh, the International Franchise Association. And for those listeners that are not familiar with the IFA, it's the kind of the more of all organizations uh, within the franchising industry working on legal, legal issues, uh, just topics of uh franchising, franchisor relationships, franchisee, franchisor relationships. And we talked about a model with your brand, Duck Donuts. And like I said, if, if you don't know who Duck Donuts are and haven't had their donuts, well, you're really missing out. I, I, <laughs> my daughter, one of my daughters, my oldest daughter up in uh, the Quincy, Massachusetts area, just she every time she says, I got to have one of these Duck Donuts. I got to have one of these Duck Donuts. Thanks. But so Thanks. but anyway, um, Let's first start on about start off about your history in the franchising industry. You come out of the uh, resorts entertainment industry, and then you kind of got into franchising. How did that materialize? I mean, what brought you or attracted you to franchising, especially at that point when you got into it, an emerging brand? I mean, right. not even what a blip on the radar. <laughs> Right. I mean, yeah. How did that happen? <laughs> right. Yeah. So as you mentioned, I had spent most of my entire career up until that point at hospitality and tourism with Hershey Park and resorts and, and restaurants. So um, when I had heard about this opportunity at Duck Donuts, I didn't even know what Duck Donuts was. I had never been to one. Um, at that time, it was really, if you weren't vacationing in the Outer Banks, you probably haven't been to one. Um, but I was intrigued by the brand because I had some friends who vacationed in the Outer Banks. And when I mentioned Duck Donuts to them, they were like, oh my gosh, you have to take this interview. Um, um, so went met with the, the founder and the CEO at the time and learned about this brand that people who knew it loved it and they wanted to take this and make it a national household name. So as a marketer, that's like a dream come true, right? right. To have the opportunity to take a brand that is slightly established, but really needs to grow up and become more sophisticated and, and make it a national household name. Um, so that's really what attracted me. I, to be completely honest, had no idea the complexities of franchising. So that was very completely new to me. And, and when I first started here, we had um, 20 shops open. So, you know, probably what, 10, 15 franchisees right. at the time. Um, so it was 
it was a quick lesson learned on just how franchising works and what our role as the franchiser was. And as you said, I mean, we were we were a small brand. We were emerging. I was the 12th employee hired. So a lot of things weren't figured out yet. So um, really had this opportunity to help grow and build not just the brand from a marketing perspective, but the company, you know, identifying what's right. our mission and vision and how many shops are we going to open? Um, so just as my role evolved, I just kind of kept taking on more and getting involved with operations and development. Um, so yeah, never my intention. If somebody would have asked me seven or eight years ago, you know, hey, I think you're going to be the CEO of an international donut franchise. I'd be like, they don't ever let marketing people in charge. <laughs> <laughs> I have no franchising experience, but you know, at the end of the day, it, it, it's it's working. You know, it's it's been great. So it's yeah, you guys are skyrocketing, and and it's really interesting because, in some respect, you have put yourself in the same pair of shoes as a lot of the potential franchisees that are walking through your door that are contemplating getting out of corporate America or maybe have been displaced yeah. from corporate America now deciding whether they want to continue in that journey working for someone else or start building their own legacy or start getting involved in their own business. So when you when you look at those shoes, when you when you look at your first 24 months, 36 months and 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 coming out of the corporate side and and Hershey is a well-known uh resort entertainment uh company. It's 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 I I think it's been, you know, voted or recognized as one of the best places to work. That's I mean, big, it's just got yeah. a lot of awards. But when you made that transition, and maybe you can relate this to people, our audience who are thinking about investing in a franchise, what are some of the things that you found that were different and that just maybe were stereotyped that, you know, you may have thought about franchising or heard about franchising that actually were not really relative or or true? I mean, what, what was that transition like? Yeah, you know, as you mentioned, Hershey's this really huge corporation with a ton of structure and layers and people and process and, you know, coming into a, a franchise organization where again, growing and, and not completely established. Um, I love it. I thrive in that kind of environment where everything isn't all cookie cuttered, perfectly figured out. Um, and you have to do exactly, you know, what was already done in the past. We have this opportunity to grow and do things differently. And, and I think that's kind of similar to franchisees, right? Like we have this tried and true business model, we know people love our donuts. So we can give our franchisees a business opportunity to have that entrepreneurial spirit and be their own small business owner, but they get to rely on the support and the structure um, of our franchise system and other franchisees. So you came out of a, 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 a corporate environment where vision was kind of your, um, your journey. I mean, you had a lot of come up with a lot of visionary ideas, sure. uh, being in corporate when you come into, and then you go into the franchising space and you're developing more of what I call, um, uh, you know, processes. So mm -hmm. process yeah. entrepreneur. So how is that switch for you? Um, and then trying to relay that message to the franchisees that, you know, you can rely on us for the processes. We just need you to delegate those processes. What what were some of the things that really kind of stood out with you? I mean, I mean, I'm sure there had to be pushback. There always is. So right. how did you deal with all that? 
Yeah, you know, and I think because of when I started, we were figuring out so much still, right? Like the processes and the operations manual and, you know, how we're going to operate that it's not a different uh, experience every location you go to because it started to happen. You know, the shops were looking a little different because the franchisees were getting creative with their decor because we weren't providing a lot of decor or maybe they were testing their own um, seasonal promotions <laughs> flavors right. because, you know, we weren't pushing out seasonal promotions or seasonal flavors. So, you know, we quickly realize like, okay, we have to really take the reins of this and make sure that we're providing that overarching strategy essentially um, of the business and making sure that you're having that same experience, whether you're in Huntington Beach, California, or Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, um, but where the franchisees come in and they really get to make that impact is, you know, on a local level. So our most successful franchisees are the ones that are engaged and innovative and doing what they can to drive traffic. So we'll give you all the tools and resources to succeed, but we can't execute, right? We can't execute on a local level. We'll promote the brand on a national level, but to really drive sales, you have to be right. the salesperson on a local level um, as the franchisee. And, and time and time again, that's what we see, you know, with our top performing shops versus the low performing performing shops, um, the ones who are taking that ownership and that accountability and moving forward and doing what they can do to drive, you know, catering and special events and being involved with PTAs and sports teams and schools, um, they get to have that creativity and that flexibility. And ultimately they're responsible for their success or for their failure. Um, so I, I think it's interesting to have that opportunity as a franchisee that you really are in control versus, you know, a lot of times if you work at a really big corporate organization, you don't feel like you can have that impact. Right. And I think back to, you know, my role at Hershey, I got to be involved in so many amazing projects and got to be part of so many cool things. But the impact I felt like I could make in my roles was like this big compared to here. I tell our team, everybody has the ability to impact this brand right. and the growth. You no, know, I don't care if you've been here for six months and you're a coordinator level or you're, you know, at the VP level and you've been working in the franchise industry for 20 years. Um, anyone can have an idea and we're so small still and nimble that we're able to act on ideas from our team or from our franchisees. I mean, exactly. Some of the best ideas come from our franchisees, whether it's, you know, how to handle something from an operations perspective, new flavors, whatever it is, we're getting great feedback from our franchisees that's helping our strengthen our brand and grow. Right. You know, I, 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 we're talking with Betsy Ham, you know, just, just to take another second to take, we're talking to Betsy Ham, chief executive officer over at Duck Donuts. Um, just one of those fast moving brands that's, uh, you know, really making an impact in the food industry across the U.S. You know, and one of the things, and, and to your point, one of the things that I like to talk about my clients um, is really talking about, um, you know, the comfort margin being with a brand that's in that embryonic stage taking off. Because I've always said to people that, look, if you get into a brand that has a thousand units, two thousand units, you're you're a franchisee. I mean, you know, sure. the front door or the back door isn't necessarily open. I said, but when you get involved with a brand like Duck Donuts and these emerging brands, you know, 50, 100, 150 units. And to me, that's still they're still growing that yeah. back door to people like yourself within the organization. Uh, for franchisees to kind of bend someone's ear about ideas is there. Absolutely. I mean, is that correct? I mean, it, oh my gosh, you're so right. Yeah, because we're not in the the infancy stage of the of the brand and establishing it, but like 
I don't know, maybe we're in high school. <laughs> like right. you know, we're not like post-college, you know, we're not retirement age, you know, we're at that. We got a lot figured out, but you know, we we are so open and and, and you know, our we have you know about 30 employees from a headquarters standpoint. And you know, franchisees have no issues picking up the phone, calling me, calling the VP of ops, whoever to say, hey, this is an issue, or hey, I have an idea. And that's great. Like again, that's how we're gonna grow is when we have more. Uh, brains and different perspectives. And of course, people who are living and breathing the operation every day, providing feedback, suggestions, recommendations, it just, it makes us stronger. Right, right. One last question before we get on to the brand about yourself. So you started out in the marketing department, you started to be an impact within the brand, obviously, um, uh, things were going along. I, I guess I'm just trying to vision how the CE role, you know, that tap on the back or was it a surprise? I mean, I, I, I'm sure the, the the CEO position wasn't posted on a bulletin board somewhere. And, <laughs> no. and, and you know, so did it catch you off guard? I mean, is it is it something that was in the back of your mind? Because we talk about people that want to start a business and then franchise it, or people that want to get into the franchising industry, not necessarily own a franchise, but be part of a franchise or system. So your story really shows that there's potential growth. Absolutely. And if you really, if you capture what franchising is all about. So your story, I mean, how did this, I mean, it's just interesting. I mean, yeah, it is. like it I said, is. like you said at the beginning, there aren't too many marketing people right. that have come out and all of a sudden been CEOs. It's kind of like, you know, the accounting person getting in charge of sales. I mean, it just yeah. very never happens. Hey, I, I mean, think more <laughs> marketing people should be CEOs. I think yes, that, they you know, that's you know, marketing is all about driving the brand and, and growth. And right. that's what a CEO is, is, is driving the brand and growth and making sure I have the smartest team around me to support that, to make sure it happens. So um, when I was in marketing after about a year and a half of building up the team, the, the, the CEO and founder, um, Russ had said to me, I think you should, um, I want to promote you. And at the time, honestly, we didn't even have titles. So I said, well, what are you, you going to promote me to? I don't even have a title. Um, he's like, I'm going to make you COO. So, you know, over operations. And I thought, wow, they definitely don't let marketing people over operations. This is going to be <laughs> fun. Um, but it worked out again. We worked so closely together. My entire career, even in Hershey, we worked so closely with the operations team. I get how they think. I get what's important. Um, so I could just kind of have that bridge and had the operations experts on the team to be able to make sure things were happening. So was in that role for, you know, what, I guess probably about two years. And then Russ had always been very upfront with me that he was going to take the this brand and this company as far as he could. And then he was going to have to bring in other expertise. You know, he is the true definition of an entrepreneur um, starting and, and having the ideas and, and being innovative um, and, you know, sort of near retirement age too. So it was in January of 2020. Um, he said to me, it's time. This is the year I'm going to start looking, you know, for capital or private equity partner. And I was like, no, give me one more year. And, and he's, you know, was pretty, had his mind made up. So of course we all know what happened in March. It was COVID. I thought we would take a little hiatus, but we didn't. He kept moving forward. Um, and that was when I think it kind of hit me because during COVID, um, with just the chaos that everybody was dealing with, um, you know, I really stepped up and sort of took the the driver's seat. And, and Russ was like, I think this is a great opportunity for you to, you know, prove yourself, you know, continue to build the relationship with the franchisees and the credibility with the franchisees and the team. I'm here if you need me. I right. think you can take this and run. Um, so I was like, okay. <laughs> 
<laughs> so we knew COVID was going to last so long. Right. Um, but, you know, we, as everyone else, learned so much during that time period. So as we're going through the process, you know, interviewing the private equity groups, which I was a part of those conversations, um, it, it kind of dawned on me, like, I don't want somebody to come in and take over. Like, we're in such a good path. We were in such a good, like, spot as a company. Um, and I had been influencing so much of that, that the thought of somebody coming in and potentially derailing, changing, shifting, um, I was like, whoa, wait, actually, I think I, I want to be in charge. Like, right. I want to continue to drive this forward. We've done so much, you know, in the last two years, essentially. Um, so that's when I was like, yeah, no, I want to, I want to do this. I want to, I want to make this happen. And, and of course I had Russ's complete support. He's always been my biggest cheerleader, which I greatly appreciate. Um, so then when he told uh, Newspring, who is our private equity group that I remember vividly at dinner, um, they had said, <laughs> oh, you know, Russ, we, we like to, um, back up companies that are founder led and we just, we back you up. Like, right. We don't want to bring anybody in. Um, this is how we operate. And Russ is like, oh, I'm, I'm not sticking around. He's like, you know, I, I would like as part of this uh, opportunity that, you know, I'm going to step out. And they're like, oh, what are we going to do? We have to find a CEO. And he's like, no, she can do it. And I could see them like all <laughs> kind of look at me like yeah oh, I can picture you know? that picture I'm visualizing yeah. that the dinner yeah table, and I'm like sitting table. there like shoot did I really say that out loud that I can do it like is it too late so um of course there was lots of conversations after that and and you know sharing with New Spring what I had done up to that point and you know my story it, interviewing essentially you know interviewing essentially for the job um but you know I think they quickly saw that I had the potential to to be able to continue down the path we had already started um and take it to the next level you know elevate was the word that I think I used a lot as we just continue to grow. So yeah, I mean, not the normal Great story. Path, and here we are. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, I mean, sometimes surprises work out really right. great. And I mean, and it's it, it coming in from a different uh, approach. We're talking to Betsy Ham, Chief Executive Officer of Duck Donuts, uh, a national chain right now growing like weeds, I guess the, is, is the way to say it. So let's focus in on a little bit about the brand and then we'll talk about some franchising. But, um, you know, Franchisors have, uh, you know, and, and it's something I've always questioned as a consultant and being in the industry for as long as I have, you know, people say the perfect franchisee uh, for uh, for Duck Donuts or the perfect franchisee for this person. I'm not a believer in there's such thing as a perfect franchisee because, uh, you know, perfection is far and few between. Uh, ideal may be the right word, and that's what I like to use. So when we look at the word ideal and the person who considers or should consider or someone like myself a consultant to introduce duck donuts duck donuts what am i looking for i mean what what are some of the attributes i mean obviously there's the you know the the, the known financials and things like that sure, but yeah let's talk about character uh, personality um what are we looking for what if somebody's listening thinking about hey this sounds really interesting what should they be thinking about yeah, you know, our franchisees are very diverse, right? So we have some franchisees who maybe they were a teacher or an accountant or worked in marketing in a big organization. So from a prior career, I would say it's all over the place, but I think the common denominator of our successful franchisees um, is someone who can come in and be able to be independent, right? With those tools and resources and the support, um, who's very driven, who's resourceful, who's a great problem solver. Um, and I think the piece that a lot of people forget, no matter which franchise 
as you get into is you're going to have a bunch of employees, right? So you have to be good with people um, and be able to manage a team. And in, in our role, you're managing a lot of 16, 17 year old kids, which is a whole new opportunity for people. Right. Um, so, you know, somebody who can come in and, and build a team and make them feel supported. And um, that's really the biggest thing. And, you know, we talk about the circle of success at Duck Donuts. And of course, we have this great image that's a donut, of course, is a circle. So as the franchisor, we need to be very strong. Um, and then we, as our job is to support the franchisees, but the franchisees job is to support their team who then is delivering to the customer. And if the customers are happy, they're going to keep coming back. So, you know, that's our circle is the franchisees who can focus on their team and of course the customer uh, to ensure that we're delivering that superior product with an exceptional customer experience. So we can teach you how to make donuts. That's maybe almost the easiest part of the job. Right. Um, but the franchisees who can come in and manage and build a team as well as build their sales um, and through marketing programs and, and anything from a local perspective. I mean, that's what we're looking for is, right. is the franchisees who can come in and, and have that aptitude to do that. So there is a sales aptitude to this. Absolutely. And again, that those yeah. are one of the questions that I like to take a deep dive in with my with my clients, because people don't realize that, you know, and when we talk about sales aptitude, we're not talking about, and I'm really dating myself here, we're not talking about the Willie Lomans where you're carrying your briefcase around right. and you're floor hopping or knocking yep. on doors or going through the white pages or yellow pages or your index cards, uh, dialing for dollars. What we're talking about is the sales aptitude, the ability to go out and network, whether it's a chamber, uh, a BNI group, uh, getting to know the local car dealership, the sales manager, or the vice right. president of finance. So what? That's what we're talking Absolutely. about as far as sales relationships. It's, it's relationship selling. Yep. yep. Good. And the good. relationships are huge in in general because, of course, they have to have a relationship with us and our team. They have to have a relationship with their own team members, customers, potential customers. So ha being able to have strong relationships and build them and be a great communicator. I mean. Those are like the really big key things that we we can give you some tools to do that, but we can't teach people how to you know build relationships. That's really um, something that they have to have that skill set when they come to us. You know, your industry that you're in um, is a competitive industry, but it's a unique competitive industry because in that quote donut space, and again, I'm just going to use that term for a second here. You know, you really have maybe three players. I mean, I, I won't name, I might mention them because we all know who they are, <laughs> but that differentiator for Duck Donuts, obviously there's that local, that uh, locally owned, that, you know, franchise business. Um, but what are some of the other differentiators that separate you from those larger organizations that really, you know, maybe have a bigger place on the map? But sure. really don't. And, and there's nothing wrong with those businesses. Sure, I'm not here yeah. to throw them on. What's the diff Exactly. So what is your place and differentiator if someone's considering to get into this space? Because a lot of people like say, well, you know, there are a lot of those. I don't know if I, you know, but I'm a firm believer that, you know, there's a reason why there's a lot of burgers, chicken, pizza and everything is because it pleases the masses. And let's face it. Absolutely. A lot of people eat donuts. Yep. So, what, <laughs> yeah. so what is the differentiator 
for duck donuts? Yeah, you, you know, the biggest thing is, well, first donuts, because we have some competitors who don't even keep donut in their name anymore. I mean, they focus more on beverage, which is great. You know, 85% of our sales are donuts. I would love to drive our coffee sales or, you know, we have milkshakes and ice cream, but it's still a very small piece of our business. And then the, the other biggest, well, the biggest differentiator is the fact that um, we are customizable and we're fresh. So when you walk into a duck donuts, you don't see any donuts sitting there. Um, you have to walk up to the cash register and order your donuts and you get to choose your coatings and toppings and drizzles. Um, and then once you order them is when we actually make them. So then you also get to see the entire process in front of you. And then we hand you a box of warm donuts when you walk out the door. So, you know, having that warm, on-demand, fresh, I got to pick out what I have in my donut. We're never really out of any donuts. Um, that's really what our biggest differentiator is versus the other donut concepts. So what is, we're talking with Betsy Ham, Chief Executive Officer of Duck Donuts. I'm Scotty Miles, podcast host for All Things Considered Franchising. Betsy, what's the vision like for, for Duck? I mean, where do you, where do you see this going? I mean, you know, franchising, you know, a friend of mine, uh, you may know her, Emily Anderson. She's just a great developer. You know, she puts, she looks at franchising that people really have to get outside the box. There's a lot more to franchising than the golden arches and the $5 foot long. <laughs> so when you look at the, you know, what, where is Duck Donut going? What's your vision? Um, what are you seeing down the road? Yeah, so we're obviously focused on growth and, and growth is really twofold. So obviously we, we want to open up additional locations. We have about 118 locations in the United States. Um, we have a few international, Canada, um, Egypt, Cairo, we just opened, Saudi Arabia, and we have a couple other countries opening this year. So we want to continue to extend that footprint. And we, you know, our goal is to sprinkle happiness around the globe, um, which is great. But the other piece of that growth is, is we need to continue to focus on our existing shops and making them more successful, which of course is driving sales making them more profitable. Um, so our efforts is really around how are we driving transactions? How are we driving frequency? I would love to see our frequency numbers increase and just trying to kind of crack that um, to figure out what that entails has really been a focus. So while we're focused on growth, it's it's having duck donuts on in every market, essentially. You know, I, I don't think we're a brand that will have a duck donuts on every street corner. Like we're not right. on the level of like, say, a Starbucks. You know, you can go a half a mile and there's another Starbucks and that model works for them. Um, but, you know, we are a special treat. We are something that people go to for events or for holidays or um, just for a reward. So, you know, I think as we grow, we'll be very strategic about that and not oversaturate markets and, and keep that distance that, you know, we are able to sustain growth um, with a few additional locations. Right. But, you know, we're probably not going to hit the 10,000 mark location anytime in the future. <laughs> so Duck Donuts is really more of a destination. Hey, yeah. I want to go to Duck Donuts today. Yeah. It's not exactly. like you're driving by some of the other places go, oh, let me stop in there. It's right. people say, this is where we're going today. It's that treat. It's that it's yes. that want. I want to go to Duck Donuts today. Yes. That, that need versus want. Great. Just switching real gears real quickly. Um, you know, um, and you were at IFA, um, and there's a lot of whispers about what's going on in the industry. Um, uh, the uh, the joint employer uh, uh, thing that's going on in California and everything. Um, but if there's it, it, somebody's listening today and they're really contemplating whether to pick up the phone and start learning about franchise opportunities and owning a franchise versus doing it themselves. Talk to the audience and the listeners, the advantages that you see 
not only with the duck donuts, but the franchising industry itself. I mean, can you yeah. share some, just the, some words the of wisdom? Absolutely. I mean, the franchising industry is so huge and I love going to IFA to be reminded of the impact that our industry has across the globe. Um, it, it's just amazing. And I, I can't remember the numbers off the top of my head, but just some of the numbers that they throw out with the number of, even McDonald's, when the McDonald's CEO was talking about the number of employees that are part of McDonald's and you think about how many people McDonald's touches every day. Um, it's just amazing. And I, I think from a from a customer perspective, I think it's it's such a huge part of people's lives that they don't even realize or take for granted that consistency piece that I know that if I go somewhere to a new market, I'm traveling, I can look for that consistent brand, say a McDonald's or a Duck Donuts that I know and I know I want to go there um, because it's a consistent experience. So I think that's so important from a customer standpoint that we take for, for granted. And then again, it goes back to that small business opportunity. Um, the number of people who've been able to control their own wealth and their own growth of their wealth is huge within the franchise right. industry. So again, it goes back to being part of a larger system where you're taking out a lot of that risk versus opening your own donut shop down the street. Um, it's it's just a lot safer. Um, and, and being able to give people that opportunity, you know, I, and I remind our team of this all the time is people invest a ton of money into our right. brand or other franchise brands. Um, and we get to help support them live their dreams of, you know, being able to be that right. small business owner and, and control their destiny of their wealth. Um, so I, you know, I, I appreciate IFA's attention and work on all this from a, from a government standpoint, it's, it's messy and it's, you know, kind of frightening, but hopefully continuing to have the franchisees. I loved how they talked about that, sending the franchisees to different uh, meetings because you're hearing straight from the right. people who are impacted by this. And, and I think that's really huge. So I hope we can continue to head down the right path of, of making sure franchising is is continuing to grow and succeed as it's set up now. Wow. Well, this has been great, Betsy. I mean, anything else you'd like to share about Duck Donuts? Anything I might have missed the asking? Um, you know, uh, unique brand, um, uh, you know, uh, very good validation, strong validation. Uh, uh, definitely something to, you know, add to the list of considerations. Uh, it's not as complicated as some of the other food yes. concepts, yes, uh, but true. it is still the food business. I mean, it's, uh, you know, um, it's, uh, I tell people that it's not hard work. It's just long work. Um, true. It's typically true. what I tell people, yeah. but, uh, but anything else uh, you want to share anything about franchising, anything I you may want to add to our audience? Um, I mean, I feel like we covered all of it, but you're right. You know, we can, we can teach you how to make a donut. It's really how to run a business. And, and if that's something that's of interest, you know, we're obviously continuing to grow and looking to expand uh, across the U.S. So feel free to check us out at duckdonuts.com. Okay, great. Well, everybody, we've been talking to Betsy Ham, Chief Executive Officer at Duck Donuts. A, a, an amazing story. Um, you know, it's just, uh, you know, I guess it's what entrepreneurship and uh, America is all about. I mean, it, right. it, it, it's just it, it's just a great story. Uh, this has been All Things Considered Franchising, powered by Scotty Milas, scottmilasfranchisecoach.com. Uh, it's been great having you, Betsy, and we uh, hope you. to get you back maybe in another six months, 12 absolutely. months. Absolutely. Yeah, it's nice time with you. Yep, all absolutely. Right. All right, everybody. Until next time, this is Scotty Milas saying, see you later. Thank you.